Well, as, uh, as Andrew uh, pointed out as he started leading us in worship, uh, today is Pentecost Sunday. And um, that just means 50. Penta, Penta is 50. So it's 50 days after Passover. Um, and so there was a, a celebration, a gathering that was happening in Jerusalem at that time. And uh, we know from uh, Acts chapter 1 that the background is that uh, after Jesus was raised from the dead, he spent 40 days hanging out with his disciples. And you just got to think, here, here's the guy that uh, you had put all your hopes in, and then he was executed, and all of your hopes went, went out the door. And then he was raised from the dead, so all your hopes are back. And then he's teaching you about the kingdom, and then he leaves. And he says, uh, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for the promise of my father because you're going to be clothed with power and you're going to be my witnesses. And uh, it's interesting, uh, maybe no accident that the Greek word for witness is martyr. You're going to be my martyrs. You're going to lay down your lives for me. And, um, and that, that, that's, the, that's the call is that the, the power that's going to come upon us is, is not for our own sort of personal enjoyment, although we do in, enjoy the power of the, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's for the mission of Jesus, to make Jesus' name known in the earth, uh, and that uh, the kingdom of God would be on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, let's read that story. As they waited 10 days, Acts chapter 2 starts off by saying, uh, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. So so what's going on here? We'll, we'll come back to that second part later, Andrew. So when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them, remember Jesus said, go and wait for the promise of my Father. You'll be clothed with power and you will be my witnesses. You will, you will lay your lives down to make my name known. You will testify to me. And it says that, um, that they are hearing the mighty works of God in their own tongues. So all these different languages are being spoken. What the Holy Spirit is doing in this moment of Pentecost is he's equipping these disciples to speak languages 
that they didn't naturally speak. It's not the culture they grew up in. They didn't go to school to learn these languages. It's not part of their skill set. They weren't trained in it. It's something, the Holy Spirit is doing something through them that's completely outside of their natural capabilities. They're speaking foreign languages in order to be witnesses to Jesus, to connect people to the living reality of the risen Jesus. Not just to ideas about God, not just to more teaching about God. The Holy Spirit's working in such a way that it's going to grab people's attention and connect them to the real presence of God. It's this, it's this crazy thing that God's doing there. And, um, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, sometimes people don't know what to make of it, right? Sometimes they think that the people that the Holy Spirit is using are drunk. Um, I know just earlier this week, I was teaching on Monday on a webinar, and, uh, and there the, are these people on the screen who were just laughing the whole time. And I thought, am, am I doing something that's funny or, or weird? And when I asked them about it, they said, no, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is so in this room right now that they, they couldn't stop, they, they were filled with joy. And, uh, and so they were definitely under the influence, right? So they weren't, they weren't drunk with new wine. They were drunk in the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I've seen this happen. I've experienced it myself. Like we see people, when the presence of God comes, people fall down under the weight of God's presence. Um, sometimes they laugh uncontrollably, like they're filled with joy. Sometimes they, they twitch, they shake, uh, they shout and roar. And, and people think, people mockingly think they're drunk. But like, why wouldn't this happen? We're talking about the presence of the creator of the universe touching your body. Why? I'm surprised we don't explode. Like, why wouldn't we experience these things? The, the problem isn't that it's weird. The problem is that we try to make God seem too normal. Like, like God's just like, oh, no, I don't do that sort of thing. I just uh, I speak in a very formal tone of voice, and I'm very calm when I talk. No, this is the wildness of the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah, our problem is that, that we think that God is, like, really quiet, really normal, really respectable, uh, rule abiding. He's keeping order. And even in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, God is not a God of disorder, but a God of order. But then you look at what God has created. Look at a forest and tell me what the order is in the forest. Look at a, a river and a waterfall and what's the order there? There's order there, but it's a wildness. It's not the order of human order. It's the order of God's order. And so this is what God wants to do when he pours out the spirit on us is, is that like we're going to be impacted by that. We're going to be affected by it. And that through that, Jesus' name would be made known. Now, when we were out in the, the garden a little bit earlier today, I asked Lorinda uh, to come share a testimony. And she didn't realize that I wanted her to do it on, online as well. So she's not really here uh, to tell the story. But a year ago today, Lorinda and I were meeting out there and uh we were going to do a Bible study, and so we were looking at Acts chapter 2. And I asked her uh, if she was familiar with the story, and she, she hadn't heard it before. And then, then she started asking about, well, what, what does it mean that they were speaking in tongues and languages? And I said, well, there's, in the Bible, there's two different kinds of tongues. One is, uh, is human languages, like we're seeing here in Acts chapter 2. And another is, uh, is what Paul calls an angelic language or a prayer language. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, 
Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but have not love, I'm just a sounding gong, and I should just keep my mouth shut. So he's, he's saying right there that there's two different, these two different languages. So, so one that we're seeing in Acts chapter 2 is the tongues of men, the tongues of human languages that people are being equipped to actually speak, uh, even though they didn't know how to do it themselves. And I, I heard a great story uh, a couple of years ago, because I know this happens uh, nowadays still. It's not simply just something we're reading about in the Bible. And a, a friend of, of our church, a friend of Bob and Gracie's from France, uh, Pastor Gilles, has a very uh, um, multinational church, and uh, they have several services in different languages. And, and um, after a very long day one Sunday, he went home. All he wanted to do was go to, go to bed. And when he got home, his wife was ministering to a woman from Somalia in the kitchen. And, and he tried to kind of make his way past the kitchen without being noticed. And she uh, kind of hissed at him and said, come here, come here, come here. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to bed. And, and she, she finally convinced him to come. And she said, we need to pray for this woman. And so Gilles, his deep spiritual uh, thoughts were, I'm going to pray for one minute, and I'm going to bed. That's all I'm going to do. And all he was thinking about was going to bed. That's, that's how deeply spiritual he was at this moment. And, uh, and he began to pray for her in tongues and ended up praying for her for an hour and a half. And when they got done praying, the woman looked at him. This is a woman from Somalia. And she said, um, how do you know how to speak Somalian? And he said, I, I don't. I, I can say hello and goodbye and thank you. And she said, no, you were speaking a very formal dialect of, of Somali. And, and uh, he said, well, I, I don't have any idea what I was saying. I was just praying in tongues. And she said, well, I'm really glad you don't know because you told me everything I've ever done. And you also told me that uh, my brother was going to be arrested and be in prison, but I shouldn't be afraid because uh, he was going to meet Jesus there and he was going to come out of prison and minister for the Lord. And uh, as it turned out, um, her brother had been working with Al-Qaeda uh, in Somalia, had been arrested, was in prison. And the same night that Gilles and his wife are praying for this woman in their, their apartment in France, her brother is in prison in Somalia, and he has a vision of a man in a white, white clothing, white cloak, coming to him. And he sees at, at this man's white, uh, right hand, he sees his sister, and at his left hand sees this short little white guy which was Gilles. And so there's this amazing thing that happened where in, in France, in this apartment in Paris, they're praying. Uh, the Holy Spirit works through Gilles to speak a language he doesn't know how to speak, to minister to this woman's heart. And then at the same time, uh, God shows up, Jesus shows up in a prison cell in Somalia uh, with a uh, with an image of, of this man's sister and of Gilles to confirm the word. Like, this is the crazy stuff that God wants to do to make, his, to make the name of Jesus known on the earth. It, it's just really, really powerful and crazy stuff. And, and he's continuing to do it. He's continuing to do it. So when, I, when I, I asked Lorinda if she had had any experience with this sort of thing, and she said no, and I said, well, would you like to? And she said, uh, sure, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. Because uh, mainly because we talked about how uh, praying in a prayer language, my my brain doesn't know what I'm doing, but my my heart does, my spirit does. That's what Paul says in in First Corinthians 14, and uh, and I realize most of the time when I'm praying, um, I'm 
I'm praying Mike's best ideas, uh, giving God uh, ideas for solutions to the problems that I'm looking at. And, and that's, uh, God's very generous to listen to me when I pray like that. But, but what it says in Romans 8.26 is, uh, in our weakness, uh, when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us. And I think this is so important because I think most of the time we don't know how to pray. Uh, I know how to pray Mike's will. I don't know how to pray God's will. And it goes on to say in Romans 8 that the Spirit intercedes for, this, for us according to the will of God. And so I can trust the Holy Spirit uh, to pray what needs to be prayed while my spirit's praying, even though my brain doesn't know what I'm talking about. And so often we're in situations where uh, there's a, a burden on our heart or there's a situation going on in the world or, or in a friend's life or in our own life that we don't know how to pray about this thing. And, and this gift that God has given to, to many people, this gift of praying in tongues, actually gives us a place to go with that and, and, a, and a way to pray when, when my brain only has three words to pray. My spirit has a lot of things to pray. And, and so I, I, uh, I asked Lorinda about it, and she, she wanted that. And so I, I prayed for her, and she received that gift. And her life has been completely transformed in the last year. It's been really amazing to watch that after she just received the, just this fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and this gift of, of a prayer language, she's just praying all the time. And she's seeing answers to her prayers all the time. And, and she has just come alive in her faith. And it's so exciting to see. And, and I, think, I think that Jesus just wants that for all of us. Like, whether it's the gift of tongues or, or another gift, like, the Holy Spirit wants to work in us in ways that really energize us to know that God's at, at work in us. But also then it impacts other people in, in really supernatural ways. You know, when, when, uh, when people thought that the disciples, what was going on in Jerusalem was too weird, uh, what, uh, then Peter gets up uh, to give an explanation. This is what he says, starting at verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, <clears throat> blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what, what Peter is saying is that a whole new thing is happening uh, in the church. A whole new thing is happening in the kingdom of God. Before this, if you look throughout the Old Testament at places where the Holy Spirit is poured out on people, it's, it's primarily poured out on men, and it's also primarily poured out on leaders. So prophets or priests or kings. Kings were called uh, uh, anointed ones uh, because the Spirit of the Lord was upon them. 
to lead God's people and to and create create that um, uh, initial attempt at the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And so uh, Peter's saying that was then, this is now. And what is now is that the Holy Spirit is for everybody. The Holy Spirit is for everybody who calls on the name of the Lord. And, and he goes on to say, you know, your sons and daughters. So it's not just going to be uh, your mature believers or, the, or the, the people who have grown up. And, and in verse 18, even on my male servants and my female servants, so even on the people who have been marginalized, on the people who don't have a voice, who don't have uh, value in society by society standards, even upon them, the Spirit is going to be poured out in those days. And what that means is that it's an all play. It's not about uh, the church leaders having the Spirit of God. It's not about the worship leader having the Spirit of God. It's not about the prayer minister having the Spirit of God. It's each one of us, each one of you, the same Spirit that's in me, the same Spirit that's in Bob Ekblad, the same Spirit that's in Heidi and Saul, that's in each person. And God wants to do stuff, and it's going to be weird sometimes, and that's okay. Um, it's actually really fun uh, when you get over being freaked out. Um, but like God wants to do stuff on the earth through us. And I think this is a really important message for us in this season at Tierra Nueva because changes are coming. We know that at the end of the summer, uh, uh, staffing changes are, are, are happening. And, and for I think for a long time, we've been very staff heavy at Tierra Nueva and staff driven. So we've sort of depended upon the staff to organize things and to run things. And I think God's saying, no, it's, it's an all play season coming up. And, and even now, even now while we're all still together, it's an all-play season because God wants to prepare us for this next season. That, uh, that he, Jesus said that new wine requires new wineskins. And I think there's some new wine that God wants to bring to Tierra Nueva. And that's going to also include new, new structures, uh, new groups of people. And I, I know like even last night, a bunch of folks got together. Uh, I think there were like 13 people from our faith community. And they were just um, eating dinner together and talking and dreaming about what God might want to do at Tierra Nueva. And so we're really excited about that. Um, and I know that God has stuff in store. So what I want to do just to wrap things up is I just want to pray for us um, and maybe even just for a fresh, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I, I just invite you just to um, just put your hands out like you are uh, in a position of receiving because it's just a gift. We don't work ourselves up for it. Uh, we just wait on the Lord. Jesus told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. And 10 days later, uh, this thing this thing happened. And so you, you don't know when it's going to happen. We can pray. Uh, it might be during a class uh, that, that the Holy Spirit shows up in your, in your room. It, it might be while you're driving. And then you're driving under the influence. And you better pull over to the side when that happens. Um, but it could, it could be anywhere, but we're going to invite the Holy Spirit now. So let's do that. So Holy Spirit, thank you. We celebrate you, Holy Spirit. We celebrate what you did 2,000 years ago that, and that you still do that today. We celebrate uh, the wildness and the weirdness of uh, when you manifest yourselves to us and in us and through us. And I thank you, Jesus, that you said if anyone comes to you, streams of living water will flow out of them. And that whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do in us, I know you want to do through us because you want to, you want to take us and minister to a broken and hungry world. 
And so, Lord, we just say, come. Come and give us just a fresh outpouring today. Um, give us a fresh anointing, Lord, of your presence, of your spirit. Release your gifts in us, Lord. Just come, Lord. We wait on you.